This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your afternoon playlist, State Farm knows you personalize your entire day. And that's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with the State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state. Options selected by customer. Availability and eligibility may vary. Introducing Batiste's wet-activated and touch-activated dry shampoo. With breakthrough technology that absorbs oil and releases bursts of fragrance whenever you sweat or touch your hair for up to 24 hours, it's the ultimate hair care for girls on the go. Try the newest dry shampoo that's activated by you. Batiste, the future of hair care is here. Buy Batiste dry shampoo online or in store at your nearest retailer. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. Isn't it bullshit to have to question where your food comes from? At Vital Farms, you can trace your pasture-raised eggs all the way back to the source, the pasture. On the side of each pasture-raised carton of eggs, you'll find the name of the farm where your eggs were laid. And when you look the farm up on their website, you'll get a peek at all the sunshine, fresh air, and open space the hens enjoy. Learn more and find out where to buy them at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit-free. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com MBO. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to another one of our Bike Radar Tech Talk podcasts. Today, I'm joined by my good friend and colleague, Joe Norledge, who is on the other side of Bristol. I'm waving. Because he's on the other side of Bristol, because in these very strange times, we're doing our absolute best to bring you our you know regularly scheduled podcast, this time from my bedroom. So if the sound isn't quite up to scratch, sorry, but we'll do our best to make it sound as beautiful as possible. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about lightweight bicycle tech and specifically from our experience through hill climbs where we think the best places to lose weight from your bike actually are because tech moves on every year it gets lighter year on year and some of it could be fairly marginal so if you're starting from kind of a base level where should you actually look to drop weight from your bike Uh, but briefly before we go on do you want to say a little bit about what hill climbs actually are joe for those that aren't aware of our horrible pastime Yes, well, it's, it's something we've spoken about a lot on uh, BikeRadar.com and on the YouTube channel, isn't it? And it's something we both really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Hill climbs are basically time trials of normally short, sharp hills in the UK. Riders set off in one-minute intervals, and the fastest rider to the top is the one that wins. It's not a UCI-regulated uh, discipline within cycling. It's quite a kind of UK niche, which means that the bikes don't have to adhere to UCI rules. So you see lots of interesting mods would you call them that you see mm. throughout the, the race season yeah some pretty crazy bikes and pretty crazy people actually i dare say <laughs> yes it definitely attracts a kind of um introverted tinkerer i'd say that's the sort of person that <laughs> seems to yeah, yeah. enjoy uh, enjoy hill climbing 
And it's a very short season as well. So it only runs from the very beginning of September to the end of October. So it's kind of tagged on to the end of the road race season, isn't it? But yeah, as we said, obviously it's all you have to worry about is being as light as possible because all you're doing with that bike is traveling uphill. There are a few rules you have to adhere to. So if you have a bike, a usual freewheel bike, you need to have two brakes. And if you have a fixed gear bike, you just need to have the front brake. But bar that, I think it's it's fair game, isn't it? You can kind of mod your bike. Yeah. However you it's want. a free-for-all pretty much. And because it is not UCI regulated, you can really go wild. And in the past, we've been lucky enough to build some pretty crazy bikes. Not the craziest ones on the scene by any stretch, but I think your lightest was, what, 5.1 kilos? Was that right? Yeah, I've had, I've had two. I've had an aluminium fixed gear that I rode in 2016. That was 5.1 kilos. And uh, the Trek and Monda I rode in 2018, which were featured a lot on bike radar. That was also 5.1 kilos, but that was with gears. So that was very uh, impressive. But people have gone lighter. You get down to, I think I've seen a gear bike down to 4.4 kilos, but that's with some extreme, extreme mods, like taking the shifters apart, drilling mm. bits of carbon that shouldn't be drilled, sanding the paint off your three grand carbon, you know, just going, <laughs> going being at home and just sanding the paint job off your Cannondale Super 6, which is a pretty uh, intense way of doing things. But yeah, they get they get crazy light. And there's, as we said, there's, there's ways... Or there's um, areas of the bike you probably try and lose weight first, and then you're kind of narrowing down to more and more marginal gains, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Before you, I think to start with the thing we should say, and before you dive into the comments wherever you're listening to this podcast, yes, we are aware the first place you should lose weight is yourself. It's the easiest place to lose weight. It's going to make the biggest difference. And kind of uh, emaciated figures are a, a real a real highlight of the hill climb season. And Joe, you typically weigh what, like 67 kilos, something like that? Is that about yeah, right? About that, I guess like in my normal person weight, <laughs> I'm like 65, 66. And then the hill climb season, I'm mm-hmm. down to 62. And it's it's not, you can't be that low for very long. But yeah, you, if, you, if you really want to do well and get the best out of yourself, you've got to, you've got to kind of go the whole hog. Commit. Like, yeah. Commit. Light bike, light body, lots of training. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd say the first place I'd want to lose weight from the bike because we're we're talking about the bike here. You don't mm-hmm. want to you don't want to know how I try and lose weight. <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah, is um, he's not taking laxatives? Do no, I? He's not no. doing anything strange. <laughs> no, just a lot of soup. Really, I, that, that's my top tip for losing weight: is have soup at lunch every day, and then you seem to <laughs> seem to lose weight pretty good that way. Um, would, I'd say the first place I go is wheels. What would you say? Absolutely. Wheels and tyres are by far the biggest place or the easiest place, I should say, to lose weight on your bike. And also from a kind of feel perspective, it's kind of it's slightly exaggerated in marketing, but it is true that a really like truly lightweight set of wheels um, can feel amazingly fast and, and really efficient. And often in hill climbs, because even though they might not necessarily be faster in terms of rolling resistance, in terms of uh, actual weight, tubular setups are still really popular in the hill climb scene and you know you can build a fairly light uh tubular wheel set much cheaper than an equivalent clincher wheel set so i remember when you you built the wheels for your fixie didn't you with some what were the rims from again the, the rims are from uh i think they're from a company called yishin bike which i think are based in yeah, taiwan and yeah. i just i ordered them online they came um pretty cheap tubular rims like yeah. i think they cost me 200 quid something like that and then i built them onto a pair of pretty lightweight fixed gear hubs from mac i don't think i don't think they're running anymore but they mm. cost about 
150 pounds and then the spokes the sapin cx ray spokes so yeah the wheels weighed a thousand grams and they probably cost me under 500 pounds which is really which is just crazy really you know if you think of like a set of i don't know like shallow zips or something you're talking thousands and thousands of pounds um but you know if you really all you're interested in is is weight not aerodynamics or anything you really can drop a lot of weight very quickly and also typically speaking tubular tires though there are of course the extreme end like the vittoria course of speeds and stuff i mean they are truly truly light and also very expensive but even quite affordable tubular tires are typically lighter than than a clincher setup yeah yeah and it's worth stressing that those wheels i wouldn't be uh road racing on them anytime soon you know they were definitely no, kind of no, 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 no. <laughs> uphill racing wheels only and, and kind of taking your time back down but they, but they, they, they do work and they are very effective um well, and if and if all you're interested in is reducing weight, then it's definitely the place to go. Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, where do you think you go next? I guess, I guess we haven't talk, <sighs> spoken about the frame, but obviously you're just trying to get the lightest frame that you can afford, aren't you? Yeah, but even still, you know, the difference between a truly top-end frame and something mid-range is pretty marginal these days. And I think the next biggest place you can probably reduce weight would maybe be going one by that'd be the one for me it's pretty common in the hill climb scene to see one by setups it's obvious you're losing a shifter you're losing some links in the chain you're losing an outer chain ring and you can often run a slightly smaller cassette with a smaller uh, ring at the front so you can reduce quite a lot of weight and if you're really extreme you could also take out the guts of your shifter on the left hand shifter so you know that's a really good place to to reduce weight and that's what you've done for all of your lightweight geared bikes isn't it yeah, yeah, always, always single ring. Obviously, you want to. The only thing you need to buy is the as a narrow, wide chain ring, so mm-hmm. that the chain stays on. Don't don't stick with your regular chain ring. And yeah, in theory, if if you yeah, if you're going for that all out weight really build, that's not going to cost you much because all you're doing is buying the chain ring and then just removing mm-hmm. bits from your bike after that. <laughs> yeah, and and you know you're going to get more than enough range if all you're interested in is a. Uh, hurting yourself up a hill for six to 20 minutes if that's all you're interested in it's, it's definitely the thing to go or if you're a fashionable instagram conscious cyclist like myself you can go old school and go with a fixed gear which is also i'm not going to say popular but it definitely increased in popularity in the last couple of years in the, the kind of hill climb scene um we previously had uh, paul jones an author who wrote a book, book about uh, the hill climb championships for the last what like 70 years 100 years whatever it was and you know traditionally fixed gear was the thing that absolutely everybody raced on because it's lighter it's less complicated and if you get a really consistent hill with a really consistent gradient i there's few feelings as good as riding a fixed gear when you've got the gearing absolutely right you feel really pinging but if you get it wrong, it's a disaster. Bad times indeed. Yeah, you're in for a real, uh, we've both had it, haven't we? You're in for a real bad time. If you oh. get that gearing wrong and you're overgeared, you're going to be crawling up a hill at uh, kind of knee-mashing uh, cadences. I remember when, when we did the 2017, no, 2018, 2018 Hill Climb Nationals, we went up to Peroid Lane. And uh, I was very disorganized that season, much like all of my life, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, I remember the biggest gear I could fit on the bike was a 48-22, which was just far too tall for the hill. And I remember the last 
minute and a half of it or something was it was honestly like an out-of-body experience where the enormous pain I was experiencing just kind of disappeared I went into almost like lactic shock um because I was pedaling so slowly uh and just pushing desperately through this gear all these people screaming around you it was a very funny experience but possibly one of the worst things I've ever felt on the bike and just the the how much discomfort you put your body through so fix gear great if you can get it right but it's a disaster otherwise indeed indeed uh so the next place i'd go interestingly would be brakes probably because yeah brakes mm. are quite heavy usual brakes let's say a shimano 105 caliper or tegra caliper or like a, a SRAM force caliper they're pretty heavy you can find quite affordable models on ebay that weigh almost half the weight and it's, it's an easy way to save a good couple of hundred grams there it's good yeah it's a really good point actually i mean obviously the likes of shimano and sram they are building brakes to be you know light as they can be but more than anything reliable consistent and, and feel good um whereas you know you can really reduce a lot of weight and the classic one is the um it's planet x isn't it they, they did a, a line of brakes for years which were quite cheap relatively speaking um and you know, I think you had a set on your old Scott, and you know, literally a couple hundred grams, aren't they, for the or for each break? I think yeah, not even that. I think it was like uh, yeah, maybe maybe a hundred grams for each break. And I mean, you, then you can go if you've got the money, you can go really light and get kind of Cane mm-hmm. Creek or THM, which we've both had the pleasure of uh, riding. Yeah, and they're kind mm-hmm. of getting down to one hundred and twenty grams for both breaks, which is insane. But they are mm-hmm. also equally insanely expensive yeah the ee brakes the cane creek ones i've used those quite a lot and i mean they're actually exceptional because they they are super super light as light as it comes but they also feel amazing a total nightmare to set up the first time they're really they're not like a normal brake but they feel really really good so yeah if you've got the cash very bling upgrade for any rim brake bike very very cool so the next place i was going to go you hopefully you'll agree would be i'd go for my saddle because again, there's a yes. cheap way of doing it. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to go for. Yeah, saddling seat post, you know, even the lightest alloy seat post is, is you know, you're pretty, pretty light. But the saddle, if you've got, I mean, such luxuries as padding or, or comfort, you can save masses of weight if you go for a sheet of carbon. <laughs> yeah, a nice cheap sheet of carbon as well. And then if you're really going to go out there you're going to drill that sheet of carbon aren't you and then <laughs> until it weighs think, like know, the, 50 grams there's the likes of burke and who was the other one we had it was it was like 40 grams or something jello jello that's it jello jello it was mad mad piece of tech but if you look about on like aliexpress or ebay again there's there's places um kind of direct sale oem places in china which will do you a very very light saddle for not a lot of money and again it's quite a marginal difference between the two but again if you want to ditch weight i'll definitely say a saddle is a good place to start and then on a similar theme even though you know i think we did a top five on youtube a while ago where we talked about them and we threw shade at them but nobody's ever finished a race and gone oh i wish i'd had carbon bars they would have been a bit stiffer but if you do shop around, I think your cockpit is definitely somewhere you can save quite a lot of weight. Um, but it doesn't have to be carbon, of course. We, uh, we've got an extra light stem, which we've shared between us for some time. This beautiful alloy stem, which weighs... 88 oh, grams. 
88 grams for 120 mil stem and alloy, which apparently, <laughs> I wouldn't try, but apparently it's rated for enduro riding. So, <laughs> you know, like you, you wouldn't, couldn't pay me to do that. No. But yes, I think the cockpit, would you say that's somewhere to, to lose weight? Um, it, def- it definitely is somewhere, but I found, I think that for the cost you have to spend, the, the gains are maybe slightly more marginal than, say, something like... Um, yeah, brakes, saddle, maybe pedal and crank could be the next place I'd go. Maybe yeah. ped- pedals and cranks because I, I just know I've weighed a lot of handlebars in all of my hill climb years <laughs> and, and I'm always very excited when I get the latest, most lightest handlebars. But then when you add it all up and it's like 30 mm. grams, it's, it's still it's still good. And obviously that's, that's all going to count. But things like pedals, you can, again, if you go for something like a time pedal, you can knock off a good... 100 grams from something like a shimano 105 mm. pedal or something like that yeah yeah i mean shimano pedals on my normal bike i don't think i'd run anything else to be honest nope. you know they're so reliable so strong you know you basically never have to service them but they are big massive solid chunks of normally carbon or alloy so if you want to go lighter yeah like the time is it espresso yeah the espresso that's about as light a pedal system as you can get Unless you go to something crazy like those ones, which are just the um, the alloy tube with the cleat that kind of wraps around. I can't remember what they're called. But yeah, I, I actually, I rescind what I said about the cockpit. I agree. I crank yeah. set and pedals. And in terms of cranks as well, we've had some wild ones. The THM, was it THM? No, I've SRM. Had the SRM Origin Power Meter, which was a 540 gram carbon power meter setup. Um, those road cranks we've had are pretty light as well. Mm. um what else i think that might be about it yeah cranks maybe is one of those places where it could be a compromise going for something super noodly because because obviously there's a lot of that's where all your power's going through isn't it so could be a place where and so super super fragile as well it's not it's no fun trying to set up an ultra lightweight carbon crank set with it's got like a maximum torque of three newton meters or something whereas the kind of lighter alloy options like the rotor ones you mentioned uh that you know they're a little little less of a compromise the, the cannondale ones as well the cannondale si crank system that's fairly light for for what it is as well um yeah i think that's probably about as as wild as i would go yeah and and then if you're really going crazy you can start to model your bits kind of so people saw the drops off the bars they take their mm-hmm. um top cap and expand the plug out uh what else have i seen drilling out brake levers that's a classic as well cutting them the, the daftest one is people cutting uh brake pads in half that's insane but great love it it's what makes the scene so entertaining yeah um i've seen any of the ones no i've already mentioned sanding is that the sanding one is is pretty crazy but paint is heavy you know a good a really fancy paint job will add 200 grams to your bike so it's, it's worth uh it's worth and doing you'd simply rather die than carry 200 grams extra up a hill joe yeah but i think that covers it doesn't it i think we're about there now Mm -hmm. i think yeah realistically if you're wanting to to get the lightest bike possible i mean first off hate to say it it's got to be a rim brake bike (laughs) yeah just sadly just not at that point yet where you're going to get comparable weight then we definitely start with the wheel set going one by i forgot what we said already brakes probably your saddle yeah and then after that, it's marginal. It's marginal at that point. But that would probably be the way and the order in which I'd be upgrading. And, you know, upgrading and fiddling with your bike is half the fun of owning one. 
Definitely. It's something we've enjoyed doing over the last uh, three or four years, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, normally minutes before the race starts, fettling in a car park, stressing up because we haven't done something right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fond memories now that the time's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Type two kind of fun. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. We're going to do our best to keep our regular schedule of podcast programming brought to you throughout this very strange time. Right now I'm in my bedroom. I think Joe's also in his bedroom, actually, Agreed. remotely talking through. But we'll do our absolute best to keep bringing these to you. As always, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.